Cassette Podcast Network. You are listening to Pack and Recovery, a podcast made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Nevada's Recovery and Prevention, or NRAP for short, is a collegiate recovery community located on the campus of the University of Nevada, Reno. This podcast is designed to help students go from surviving to thriving by discussing resources located on the UNR campus, tips on sustaining recovery, success stories, and ways to support those in recovery. What does it take to be in recovery on a college campus? You're about to find out on Pack and Recovery. It's a beautiful day to be here, be podcasting, a little pack in that recovery. Now, recovery, recovery. Do you want to do your song, Ezra? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Awesome. So what are we talking about today? So, good question. What are we talking about today? I think we're just like kind of talking about like, being sober and stuff. Being sober. And not specifically being in recovery, right? Exactly. Just being sober. We're talking about being sober because you're choosing to be sober. Totally. So, I'm Seth. I'm Ian. I'm Ezra. And who do we have here today joining us? Uh, hi, I'm Maisha. Ooh. Hey. Nice to meet you. Nice Maisha. to meet you, Maisha. Nice well, you I mean, I live with Maisha, so I guess. Well, I actually have known you guys for like a while, too. So. <laughs> 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 I was like, hi, how are you doing? Oh. Mm. Formal, formal Fancy stuff. meeting you here. Very formal. Okay, awesome. Sweet. So, Maisha, we have you here today to talk to you about being sober. And one of the first questions that I had for you is what made you choose to live a sober lifestyle well um it kind of like starts like way back you know like way way super back so when i was like little i think yeah just a baby so i was actually adopted when i was like six months old by like the family that i currently live with now and then what i found out was that um my parents kind of like they told me when i was like eight years old they're like hey like you're actually adopted and i was like well that's kind of weird then they told me that, like, my biological mother, like, the reason why I was adopted is because she gave up her parental rights due to the fact that she was doing all sorts of drugs from, like, meth to cocaine to weed to alcohol, any sort of drug you can think of. She did it, you name it, while she was pregnant with me. And after realizing all of this, like, for example, I learned that I was not supposed to live past the age of 10. And if I was, I was supposed to have, like, all sorts of, like, intellectual disabilities and um, basically, like, I wasn't supposed to be born, I wasn't supposed to be, like, okay, and then after, like, reading an actual court document that said, like, sh- I was actually born addicted to cocaine and having to be, like, weaned off of it and realizing that, like, I don't want to do that, like, that's just, it just seemed like, that doesn't seem like it's right, you know, um, and then when I was, like, around 13, just realizing, like, the whole, when the whole, like, drug scene started, I was, like, I don't want to be a part of that, because, um, in my head, I was like, I saw people, they were trying to be like, oh, I'm trying to escape from reality. And me being 13, I'm like, well, if you're trying to escape reality, you're always going to come back. So I'm like, I don't understand the sense of like, why are you trying to escape reality? 
when you're going to come back anyway. So I'm like, you might as well just like face reality as it is as much as it sucks. So um, that's kind of like why I chose a super sober lifestyle. It's like um, just because also I just never saw like a reason to. I mean, I get like addicted to stuff, but it's not like I never saw like a reason to do drugs. Does that make sense? Yeah, that yeah, totally makes sense. Definitely. It's kind of Buddhist of you, you know, totally. just accepting life <laughs> exactly as it is. Yeah, and I was like 13 at the time. I was like, yeah, I'm like, why do drugs, man? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, it just didn't, it just never made sense to me. So. Yeah, same. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it almost sounds like you had a really solid sense of yourself at a young age. Um, baby. I don't know. Maybe I did, but then I didn't, like, truly believe in myself that I did. But then, Mm -hmm. like, in reality, I was like, yeah, I do. Um, I mean, even my parents, like, they weren't, like, alcoholics. Like, they drank. Um, And then also, like, my dad being the kind of person he is, I saw he was drinking, like, clear liquid once. And I was like, oh, it's water. And then Uh I went went to go drink it, and I was like, yo, this is not water. (laughs) (laughs) And then another time, like, for champagne, he switched, like, champagne and sparkling cider. And ever since then, it's even kind of now, like, if I taste alcohol, I'm like, no, gross. Don't want it. Nasty. Well, I guess it's good that you had that negative reinforcement so early on because a lot of the stories that I hear often by people who end up in recovery are they had that first experience with alcohol and they were like, it was the best thing ever, (laughs) you know, or they were like, I puked, but I wanted more. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's great that you have the kind of, uh, foresight to be able to choose that sober lifestyle. Yeah, and it also makes me wonder if, like, my dad's an asshole for doing that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can't answer that for you. (laughs) Sounds like a personal thing. Maybe. (laughs) Who knows? But, yeah, no, like, I just don't like throwing up. Like, if my body is not okay, then I'm like, no, just don't like the feeling, don't like the sensation. Yeah. And that's so interesting, too, because, like you said, we've known each other for a while. All of us in this room have known each other for a while. And... I had never known your history at all, so I really appreciate your vulnerability and you sharing that with us. Yeah, and that's why it's like sometimes when I'm at NRAP, like people ask me like, oh, what's your story? I'm like, I don't have one. Everybody's got a story. Okay, well, that's true. Everybody has a story. story. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I never used it before. Well, okay, that's a lie. I have, but it's like, I just don't have never like had an issue with it. Yeah. Totally, and I mean, that's great. <laughs> you know, like it's mm-hmm. I sometimes within, you know, recovery slash recovery ally circles, it can seem like you need to prove that you're enough of an addict or that you're enough of an ally. But the reality is just you being there is enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Like just you being there as a show of support um, is really all that's needed. You know, and one thing that I think a lot of people who might be living just a normal lifestyle might ask, you know, because you're in college is how do you make friends when you don't have alcohol as the crutch? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) On to question three. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. Yeah, I, that's so funny. So people always ask me like, oh, you're so friendly. You're so outgoing. Like, how do you make friends? I'm like, I stay in my room. 
All day. <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah. Ha. Um, nah, it's... So how I make friends is what I notice is, like, sometimes I'll just be out, like, the one time that I do go outside is I'll just be talking or just hanging out, and I'll just start up a conversation with somebody. Be like, hey, like, the other day, like, there's this woman where she had, like, these cool dreads, like, down to her back and, like, the tips of her um, hair were blonde. And I was like, yo, I'm going to tell her she looks pretty cool. She looks really pretty. So then I strike up a conversation, and I was like, hey, look, your dreads look really nice. And I'm like, how long did that take? And then just kind of, like, goes into that. Or also, like, even through NRAP, actually, is how I've made most of my friends. And then kind of, like, through work actually so it's not like i ever go out i don't know how it's gonna sound i never go out seeking friends they just kind of find me that's such a good way to do that though because sometimes it's like leave me alone (laughs) (laughs) hey at least you know that about yourself because i think a lot of people feel that their status and their worth to not only themselves but other people is determined by how many friends they have and being able to accept that is not you is a good thing, you know, and I think that's a healthy way to live. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. I used to be like that. Like, I used to be like, oh, I want so many friends and want so many people to like me. But then after, like, trying to do that and trying to be so many different people when I was like, this is not me. Like, I don't want to be that person that's going out, going to parties. I was just like, it just made me uncomfortable. I was like, I want to be me in that sense where and I was just like I finally yeah kind of had to accept of like it's cool if like my Facebook for example doesn't have like over 500 friends or like Instagram or whatever I was just like I'm okay with that because I know like the friends I do have are real people that are actually gonna like support me you know yeah I was gonna say it seems like by living the sober life the people that you do interact with are typically much more genuine and it's a much more genuine connection than you might experience otherwise, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like the level of authenticity that you have just like about yourself is admirable, honestly. Uh, yeah, you. because like, you know, when I when I was, uh, you know, out in addiction, I found it like necessary for me to go hang out at a bar or go to a big party because that's what I thought like I needed to do to make friends. Mm-hmm. But like it sounds like it's pr- pretty opposite for you and 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 the bonds that you do make are much more authentic because of that. I wonder if it's part of my personality too. Like I actually have tried going to a bar. Like I, I got curious one day. I was like, I'm gonna go to a bar. And then I literally sat there like a loner because I was like, I don't wanna be here. And then Can't I relate. because I was like I was just seeing everybody and I wonder if it's just me but I was seeing that like I was like y'all just seem so fake and I'm like I don't want to be around that and then like then you get like the drinking involved everyone's loud annoying and I was like no and then I just straight up left because I was like this ain't my scene and I don't want to be here totally yeah I mean I definitely can relate to the fact that like when I first went to a bar sober it felt the same way. It felt as though everybody was kind of fake. But when you have alcohol as lubricant, it makes everything seem like it's so much more real and so much more connected, even though, yeah, it totally exists in that same realm of just disconnection, even though you feel like you are connected, which is probably why 
alcohol and other drugs are so isolating because it gives you the illusion that you are connected, but in reality, you're just by yourself. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. It wasn't very long in, into recovery where, like, I started watching my friends fall away just because it was, like, it was the substances that that glued that relationship together. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. That's 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 so interesting to hear it from like that point of view. I've also like experienced that like loneliness too, where it's like parts of me would have to change. Like like I was saying earlier, like my personality. Where I was like, so like me, um, I'm super like introverted. So I would have to like pretend that I was an extrovert just to go out, just to be part of the drama, just to be like part of all like the bullshit that I just didn't actually truly care about. But then once I separated myself, I was like, I feel so much better. Instead of just trying to be that person who I was like, clearly, clearly was not it. Totally. I think that speaks to your genuineness that we see now is uh, how you just live your life as you are without trying to be somebody you're not. Yeah, that actually took a while too. So, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure it takes, yeah, it actually, it really does. It just, it took me so long to actually realize like, hey, it's okay to like live your life and you don't have to like use drugs. Like you don't have to be someone you're not like as as scary as it is. Cause that's the thing is everyone says it takes a long time. But the one thing is, it's like, it's actually super scary to do that. That it's so true. It's just like, you know, you see so many things on like Instagram and you'd be like, oh, just be yourself. But it's like that's actually hard because it's like, what if you don't know who you are? And then eventually you have to go out and find it in whatever way that is. I sound like so like mystical and deep. No, you're not. It's kind of cool. You're right right, though. That's a struggle that many people in recovery have, you know? Uh, And I think many people just outside of recovery too, is there's a period of life where everyone struggles with identity. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And and that's going to be one of our podcast episodes. Uh, later on as we talk about finding identity in recovery. Um, but you've been able to find your identity within sobriety. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that like being part of a collegiate recovery community has helped that in any way? Or do you feel as though it? Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Um, I think some part. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It also, I think it helps me realize, like, I don't have to turn to drugs for my problems, too. Like, seeing how you guys are, like, you, you, everyone is trying so hard. Like, whether from the beginning stages to where it's, like, you're 10 years sober, even just two days sober. Like, when I went through some really hard times in my life, like, I almost did turn to it. But then I would still come into NRAP just to be in, like, this cool environment, you know. Um, what was the second part of the question? No, that's perfect. That it, yeah. yeah, like something. So what is it like hanging out with so many people in recovery? Feels weird. Yeah, sometimes. I want to hear. Yeah. I want to hear yeah. more about that. <laughs> so sometimes it makes me feel like an outcast. I was because sometimes it's like, oh, I don't have that experience. It's like, for example, I haven't really been super drunk before, just because it's like I don't like that feeling. I don't like the feeling of the room spinning and me wanting to get off. You know, or it's like. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it feels so out of place because it's like, oh, I can't relate to you guys. Or it's like, I've never done it before. There was one time where someone was telling me that they had actually gone to Saturn. And I was like, yo, that's really, really cool. And they had like seen the rings around it. But 
I had no Whoa. idea that they were actually on a drug trip. So it's like, I don't get the references. I don't get like the feelings, the sensations. So sometimes it makes me feel like maybe I even like shouldn't be here. There was actually a time like this happened like throughout the semester where I was like, should I even be here anymore? Cause I'm like, I can't relate to anybody here. I'm like, I felt so out of place because I'm like, you know, everyone's talking about like sobriety and being in recovery. And I'm over here of like, I choose to do it. And sometimes they feel like, well, how can I help people? Like, why, why am I here? You know, because it feels like, like, how can I be more of a better ally when people actually don't know? Or sometimes they feel like, well, I even get judged because it's like, oh, I, I don't know, you know. Um, so there's, there's some of those feelings, too. It's just like, why am I here when it's like I don't know those, those feelings? So what do you think that we can do? as people in recovery to to be more inclusive um that's a good question i think the first thing that comes to mind is like sharing just like sharing experiences because that's one thing i like to just just to learn about is like i like hearing other people's stories because it's like sure for example i can't relate like to drinking and using but i can also relate to like loss and loneliness right and depression so it's like maybe there's other ways like I feel like I can connect with others. But it's like also, but then again, it, it's kind of like on the flip side too. It's like people aren't going to understand what it's like living a complete, almost completely sober life either. So it's, I wonder if that's like, that could be helpful as well. Yeah, I think, you know, suffering is suffering, right? And so I, you can at least relate on that level. Yeah, that's that's for true. Well, and also, you know, having been in some of the non-12-step meetings with you i think you share a very similar experience emotionally to a lot of people that are in recovery from drugs or alcohol even though your story is very different than theirs i think that's one thing i found in recovery is my story is very different than a lot of people's but that doesn't mean that i didn't feel the same things and i didn't experience that same set of emotions you know yeah I think that's what I like why I keep coming back to NREP is because it's like I do have this sense of like I belong here like this is like my second home because it's like you know I can relate to so many people here and it's like like I'm not alone like we all share these feelings no matter like what we're going through so it's like I'm not just it's not just me you know it's like everybody you know totally totally that's maybe a beautiful place that and our podcast totally keeping it short keeping it sweet yeah it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood <laughs> god i really really want to um thank you for coming maisha and yeah. being so open with your story you're welcome thank you so much my first podcast ever this is so much fun Party Thank you so much for tuning in to Pack and Recovery. If this is your first time listening or you don't want to miss out on more episodes, be sure to subscribe to us on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook forward slash Nevada Rap or Instagram at NRAP underscore UNR. Or come say hi at the William Raggio Building, room 1001. Cassette Podcast Network. Thank you.
This podcast has been brought to you by the Cassatt Podcast Network, located within the Center for the Application of Substance Abuse Technologies at the University of Nevada, Reno. For more podcasts, information, and resources, visit cassatt.org.